You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. There's just one part that I love more than anything. I hold it so near to my heart. It has just two posts. They're a pair of two called friends. A bright light in a world that is dark. I Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box. Nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in that pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. That's our food line. (laughs) That's our food line. And we are back on our bullshit, John. Woo! <laughs> yeah, baby. It's been a while <laughs> since we've yeah. done one of little, these. Had a little summer break. little summer break. A little uh, little Magpodnash hangout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, you and I got to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are back in our respective basements now. <laughs> yeah. You're, <I> guess. <laughs> you're, you're back in Illinois. I'm in Minnesota. We're mm. doing our thing. And, you know, I'm not going to let put this off any longer, John, because <laughs> I've got a sweaty beer right here. Oh, yeah. That I've been waiting to crack. And it's a, uh, it's a brewery that you're familiar with because you've been hyping them up a whole lot lately. Mm. Some pipe works. Hey, got that lizard king. Lizard king, bro. Got that lizard king. Crown that count. Crown that king, bro. <laughs> um, hell yeah, it's a good beer. Yeah, it is. You got anything I, over there? I have no beer tonight. I have some Lafroig. Uh, it's a it's a Scotch week for me. Yeah, I <laughs> need something a little stronger. Oh no, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'll, we'll just say the transition. It's been a bumpy landing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for this this month has not uh, probably been the smoothest of months. Um, back to normal life, yeah. back to responsibilities. What's that? Responsibility. I, I don't. I don't know, man. Not quite yet. Yeah, I hear you. You think by thirty-seven, <laughs> get that shit under control? Um. Yes. We did get to see each other. It was it was not for long enough. I yep. it was a weird trip because I was uh you know seeing a lot of family and, and friends and stuff, but also I was still working. It's part of this new like remote working life, um, which made for kind of a weird combination of like, oh, this is great. I'm sort of on vacation, but also I'm like still stressed out every day, <laughs> like getting work done. Yeah. But we will we will have more future hangs where we can luxuriate in each other's presence a little more <laughs> uh, sometime in the future. And, you know, folks probably saw 
pictures we posted of our wonderful Magpod group hangout. We 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 did record a special episode, and I don't know what 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 happened with that, Andrew. Well, update what, folks. Yeah, so some people might be wondering um, where it is. Uh, so you might n- not know this, but John and I are not professional <laughs> what? engineers. A <laughs> hundred episodes in, three years later, <laughs> you'd think. Well. We've gotten so used to like recording in this remote situation and fine tuning this whole process mm-hmm. that recording right. in person, yeah, uh, kind of threw a little hiccup in things. But plus, I got a new computer since mm. we last recorded in person together, and those some of the things that we had, the microphones, nothing, everything wasn't compatible, and so we had some audio inconsistencies so we'll say we'll just say that and it's the we're going to release we're going to release it in some form but it's mm-hmm. not going to sound as uh, uh it's not it's not going to be up to this the same magpod standard mm. some not everybody is miked perfectly yeah uh there's some other audio editing issues that are frustrating but uh, we still feel like we owe it to everybody yeah. that showed up and was part of it that we put out that episode. So that's to come. Absolutely. It was it was a blast actually meeting uh, Meg and Mickey in person for me. Yep. First yep. time hanging out with them. Uh, Jenny, my lovely wife, was there. Brian was there, uh, past and future guest. Uh, Mark Hack. Mark Hack. Uh, voicemail lever, but not a pod guest yet, weighed in. <laughs> and, you know, you can hear... You can hear some of these uh, thoughts in this uh, version that we will release, but uh, we'll we'll do some we'll get our acts together and do some proper large gathering recording live thing at some point in the future. That, that's a that's a Magpod guarantee. We're gonna make this happen and, and do it right at some point in our lives. Yeah, we have to we have to get some better equipment. Um, you know, it's just that uh, we just can't we just can't get those. That spawn con, John. We just can't yeah, get. Man. <sighs> trying. We're trying to hustle out there, folks. <laughs> we're trying. To, we're, we're out here grinding, out here hustling, <laughs> trying to. Every day I rise and grind, and <laughs> trying to make that scratch, trying to make mm-hmm. that bank, mm-hmm. uh, trying to make it rain. Yep. Um, but anyway. well, uh, anyway, that's 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 our problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was still it was still a great time and uh, yeah. and a super fun hangout and conversation and I. Uh, yeah. Appreciate yeah. folks doing that. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, that was that was something that certainly brought me joy. Mm. Uh, but there's something else that that brought me joy, and I don't know, John. It's 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 been a while <laughs> since we've done one of these segments, but I think mm. we need to do a little joy boys. Mm. Happy, happy joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. Better to dent, dent. Yeah, so Joy Boys, for those who aren't familiar, I think we started it at some point. Yeah. In our second season. Yes. Um, I think when things were like really heavy and <laughs> yes. depressing last year with all the uprisings and uh, COVID and just weird, just like 
we need to talk about things we're grateful for. So mm-hmm. we started doing a little bit of a Joy Boys segment. And uh, I just want to, I just want to shout out um, my dudes, uh, my brother, Brian Nelson Phelan, Mark Hackinson, uh, Eric Nordenson, and Dave Johnson. Uh, we have been, uh, this crew has been probably, we did, um, a zoom hangout for well over a year, like every Wednesday. It was an impressive run. And then we transitioned to doing every other Wednesday because me and Brian and Eric and Dave started playing. Dungeons and Dragons every other at the every other Wednesday. But like these guys have been a significant part of this last like year and a half of my life. Mm-hmm. And we had planned to do a we'd been trying to get together this summer and try and figure out like a a weekend getaway. And this last weekend we went to an Airbnb just like an hour north of here on the mm-hmm. St. Croix. And uh, it was just, it made me so happy to just get away. Even like none of us wanted to like drive super far, but like mm-hmm. to be able to get away for a weekend, especially since three of these guys have kids and mm-hmm. all, all four of them are married. And um, so they're all busy guys. And uh, for me, I just really needed that interaction because it's, you know, it's been tough for your boy out here. Yeah. And having that kind of love and uh, silliness and games and beers. And uh, we did a little kayaking on the St. Croix. Mm. Um, and made some food on the grill and sounds wonderful. Uh, it was just outstanding. And I'm just really grateful for those yeah. guys. And I just, I hope it, I hope it doesn't have to be that difficult all the time Yeah, right. to do that sort of thing. But, you know, uh, arranging that stuff with kids is, is difficult. So I'm just, I just wanted to shout them out that, that they were all just all wonderful guys and we stayed in this airbnb that is run by this it's like this women's run farm thing and one of the women is a former gender studies professor from the university of minnesota okay and and so when we first uh scheduled this and it was like these are these five men that are going to be coming to stay here I think she was like, oh, like, what's their deal? Because she even told us like later that um, she's like, yeah, normally we have like groups of women. You're like, well, we're trying to bro the fuck out, lady. <laughs> right? No, but like uh, she was just the sweetest woman. Nice. And we uh, got we got a note, I guess her, you know, because they do a review of you know you can review the airbnb and then they can also 
comment right. on the person who rents. And mm. she said, um, Brian and his four friends were the best kind of guests, wow. lively, enthusiastic, and good house cleaning communication. And we invite them back anytime for more river adventures and great views of the burning orange sunset. Ooh. And that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And also like, uh, I was wearing when I met them on Sunday, when we were leaving, I was wearing my, my Brittany tank and my, they're going to say your war on women shirt. I was wearing, no, the Brittany tank and, and my make America feminist for once hat. And, <laughs> nice. And so they were like both super into that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and her one comment to Brian, the, the private feedback to Brian was you have great friends, keep them all. See you again someday. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. It's like this, this woman rules. And so yeah. it just felt like. Get her on the pun. <laughs> yeah. Jacqueline, um, I know you like, you, you probably have some, have some thoughts on like, uh, all these girls suck songs. Tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah. She probably, she probably have great things to say. She has some hot takes. Um, well, that sounds lovely. What a good crew that is. I hope yes. to, uh, infiltrate that group at some point in the future and come uh, rock out to some cabin core with you all. Oh, there uh, was a there was a lot of Dave Matthews references. Mm. We uh, we didn't necessarily listen to a lot of Dave Matthews. Yeah, good but choice. We we joked about him quite a bit. <laughs> uh, we we take always take like one joke and then run it into the ground. That's so so the our whole thing was hello baby. That was. <laughs> We, we said we said that about a, a thousand times i like that all, That's all weekend stuff. yep um yes i did get to see uh dave one night while i was up there and we talked a little bit about his D D character that you guys have been campaigning with oh and, scrotal uh, yeah that's the guy <laughs> <laughs> so i maintain that we need to release one of these D D uh nights as like a patreon at some oh my point because i need to get in there and, and witness this and share it with people <laughs> Maybe some, um, maybe some clips. Nobody wants to watch <laughs> our two-hour campaign. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I can join as a special one-off guest, Banana Man or something like that. <laughs> um, it's like a wizard for that campaign or for that day. Um, yeah, well, I, I, as I said, I think the last time we did a takes uh, that I, or at some point recently that I, have been blurring the lines between what is a joy boys segment and what is it takes i gotta come up with some more hot takes i.e motorcycles <laughs> you're too loud get out of here yeah um but uh i do have a a what would normally be a take for me but i'll say it's bringing me joy uh the uh the fear street trilogy on netflix been uh talking about this on the discord a little bit but I've, oh I've my goodness i've seen that the the discussion is this the um is this rl stein Oh, yeah, it is, bro. It's based on those books. Um, so they, there's this uh, trilogy of movies. They released one over uh, three weeks in July, and they're based on the Arl Stein Fear Street books. And the first one is set in 1994, second one in 1978, and the third one in 1666. Ooh, and shit. They all tie six, together. Six, six, bro. That's right. Um, they all tie together, but they're each like their own distinct stories. And there's like, individual styles for each of them um it's very much that sort of 
90s goosebumpsy vibe it's basically like are you afraid of the dark but like rated r so okay <laughs> it's like f- for adults who grew up reading them when they were teenagers so they definitely don't hold back on the you know gore and stuff like that but it's like again in keeping with your theme perhaps your your hosts have watched this movie and appreciate it i hope so um it's like all basically based around like how patriarchy is the true evil and uh you know there's some twists and turns i'll just say it's about this town no spoilers no spoilers no no spoilers just saying there's this town shady side it's next to sunnyvale uh not sunnydale not sunnydale Um, but perhaps uh perhaps josh 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 whedon was was influenced by this in some in some way but sunnyvale is like the bad part of town that's where fear street is or fear street maybe runs through both uh, Shady Side and, and Sunnydale, Sunnyvale, whatever. Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting confused. Um, but uh, you know, the legend has it that Sarah Fear, this witch, put a curse on the town 300 years ago, and that's why there's all these problems in Shady Side. Mm. But maybe, maybe Andrew, there's a little more to the story. That's oh, all I'll say. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of interesting. I know you're a big spooky guy, uh, big spooky fan of yeah, uh, all things kind of ghoulish and and all that <laughs> yes uh your boy is not so much <laughs> less so i know but i'm less so so uh as far as like if you were to give it uh on a scale of one to ten spoopies uh what are we how are we, how spoopy are we talking here um it's not super spoopy it's uh so the first they're each kind of like based on different kinds of horror so the first one is very like neon and wall-to-wall 90s music that you would appreciate kind of like a scream homage so there are some like okay you know slashery bits that do go a little extreme in a couple parts but overall not too bad and then the second one is more the uh you know it's like at a summer camp so it's more the friday the 13th halloween kind of 70s slasher vibe and then the third one is in 1666 so it's more like folk horror uh movies like the witch or the wicker man kind of that vibe um gotcha. so that they lots cover of, a lot of ground. lots of bee helmets <laughs> the bees not uh, the not birds i was thinking of the original wicker man not so sure. much the nicholas cage uh, <laughs> version although that one has its own strengths um but mostly uh, mostly pouring bees into a bee helmet <laughs> he hates the bees um but yeah I, I don't know i mean they they're more they're more gory than scary but even the gore is kind of done with like a purpose i would say so i think I think there there's plenty to appreciate from a sort of like stylized 90s music uh, angle to appreciate about it. And then also I do think there's like lots of interesting things that the, the central characters are uh, queer women and there's like a mm. queer woman of color who's kind of the main uh, character who runs throughout all three. So I think they are saying a lot of interesting things about sort of power and, and patriarchy throughout all three of them that I think you would appreciate. So anyway, I'm into it. Check like it out. That. See what you think. I think each one gets better, but uh, Fair Street bringing bringing your boy some joy hell yeah last couple weeks uh should we listen to some voicemails we have some voicemails we have a voicemail line 872-762-4763 872-7-MAGPOD um so we when we talked banana man we discussed banana splits mm. and and i have i was referencing how I've never had a banana split. I've never seen anyone eat a banana split. Is a banana split actually a thing? And I talked about a specific ice cream place that mm-hmm. I lived in, that I went to in Kansas. Um, so we got Daniel from KC. 
What's up, dude? It's Daniel from Kansas City calling in. Um, congrats on your 100th episode, by the way. Um, had some stuff to say about banana splits. Uh, I used to work at the Dairy Queen um, for about four years uh, in my first in Kansas. Uh, we, we did sell a pretty good amount of banana split. Also, the banana split blizzard, um, which... Ooh. was not one that you could, like, turn upside down and hand to the customer because it was always really runny. But um... I thought those – so, forgive me. I haven't been to a Dairy Queen in a minute. Is uh, Didn't they have something called a concrete? Is that a different – Is that a That's diff- Culver's. That's Culver's. Culver's. That's concrete, okay, yeah. the concrete. So they had the blizzard, and the blizzard is the the whole thing where you it's so thick you can hold it upside down. Right. And now the – the 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 cashier or the person helping you should turn it down turn it upside down for you before they hand it to you otherwise you're supposed to be able to be like you didn't turn it upside down now it's free or something i don't know oh, but they're supposed to do it before they give it to so you. obnoxious <laughs> I'd, I'd hate that shit <laughs> yeah anyway anyway uh, all right shout uh, out to blizzards uh, he continues uh yeah plenty of banana split people do eat them um i probably wouldn't believe that either if i hadn't worked there but it is true. Um, actually, my sister, uh, when she lived in McPherson and when my grandma was still alive, uh, their birthdays were only a few days apart from each other. So they would, they had a tradition of going to Brahms, actually, and uh, getting, sharing a banana split. Um, I don't know if you remember Brahms from your time in uh, Salina. Um, I'm not sure if they have one in Salina, but it's definitely like an Oklahoma, Central Kansas kind of place. Um I was actually wondering about that, if maybe that ice cream place you were talking about, Andrew, was Bogey. Um, there's one other place I was trying to think. Maybe Spangles. I, I wonder if they do uh, banana splits and Spangles. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but uh, also, if John Warren and or anybody from Sadie Hawkins Spot is listening to this, so many bananas. I got so many bananas. See if they remember that reference. Um, and then, uh, just have some thoughts on, uh, 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 the goatee hook. Um, uh, I liked, uh, Banana Man and I didn't think the sound was that bad. Um, I don't think it's that much worse sounding than, um, than life in general. I think maybe goatee hook in general just has like a less tight sound overall compared to MXCX on that album. Um, but the guitar tone is not too dissimilar to me. But that's just my ear. Um, and then I also think that, like, Goatee Hook might in some ways be my favorite of the bands that you guys have covered in this season. Hmm. Because, um, I don't know, I really appreciate their, like, kind of classic sense of songwriting in some ways. Um, they just do a lot of things that, like, I feel like call back to, like, old rock and roll, like, like 50s, early 60s, like kind of Buddy Holly, kind of Roy Orbison, I don't know, that kind of stuff. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily obvious, I think, but they just do a lot of things with their their hooks and their um, different uh, melodies and stuff um, that... You know, I... We'll we'll stop there. He's about to get cut off, but yeah, I don't I don't disagree with the right. Like I've I've I haven't I don't think I've really ever had any m- massive critiques of 
the songwriting necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly on Banana Man, it's just that I feel that the production was lackluster. And yeah, that, that I, I, I mean, with the exception of uh, Cowboy, you know, other than that song, you know, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I did think that they were doing some interesting stuff on the record. And yeah. I think if they had some more time, they could have explored maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I want to say I think it's a hot take that life in general is equivalent sounding to Banana Man. Yeah, that's that's fake news, my dude. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Some other hot takes in there. Did you did you recognize any of those uh, ice cream joints? Yes, Brahms might have been the the place that I went to because that was a that was a Salina, Kansas spot. And I was looking it up on Google Maps to just sort of see, and it and it, it might be it might be the place I remember going to. Right. Um. So shout out to uh, Daniel from KC for dropping some of those. <laughs> yes. All that all that <laughs> Kansas ice cream knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Banana knowledge. Banana knowledge. Um. Go. I the, uh, the knowledge. The knowledge. I was somewhere when I was in Minnesota or traveling through somewhere over those couple of weeks where there was a banana split available on the menu. And I nearly got it just so that I could send you just for that content. Yeah. Evidence of that happening. But <laughs> I don't know why that fell apart for some reason. Um, it's because nobody ever really wants a banana split, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done it. I, I forget where I was, but there was something that I was just like, no, I'm not wasting my opportunity uh, for this delicious thing on a banana split. Nothing wrong with banana splits though. Um, the uh, too many Bananas thing sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. <laughs> John Warren way in. What are we missing? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so Daniel from Casey has one more quick thought. Hey, it's Daniel from Casey again. Uh, one more thing I forgot to add. Uh, so this whole time that you guys have been using that, what's or the, the box little clip and then saying food line after it, I thought. I didn't realize that was a Goaty Hook song. I thought there was a band called Food Lion, and that little clip was one of their songs. Uh, oh, interesting. Probably the only one who thought that. Um, I didn't even know Food Lion was a store until, like, a couple days ago, and I saw somebody reference it talking about, like, grocery stores in the suburbs or something like that. I don't even know. So, uh, yeah, blowing my mind over here. Um, need to get to a Food Lion someday. And or start a band called Food Lion. Uh, all right, have a good one. Mm, make it sued for that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Do don't we... want, don't don't want to go up against a multinational corporation. <laughs> no, we we saw what Shakita tried to do to our dudes just right. for a parody of a logo. <laughs> right. This is our lawsuit. That's our <laughs> settlement. Um, <laughs> did you? So is he saying that when he when he grew up listening to it, he thought they were talking about another band i'm confused by that he said he grew he he knew them right already yeah but he um, thought that he didn't realize didn't really compute yeah okay fair enough i i am also pretty sure i had no frame of reference for what food lion was uh when i was listening to it growing up and then i think i saw it as a grocery store like i said when i lived in the dc area and saw it in virginia and i was like oh it's possible i learned what it was before that point but yeah, I also didn't know as a kid. I was like, what is a food line? Yeah, I don't think um I think there I mean there's so many regional grocery stores that 
I don't think most people are going to even are familiar. I, I know so many uh, grocery store names just because of the nature of my job. Right. But uh, it's yeah, Food Lion is one of the one of the weirder, right? Weirder names. It's true. You know, one other thing I wanted to quickly reference here, since we're talking about sort of Banana Man deep cuts, is uh, we said we didn't know at the beginning of one of those boxes. And he's like, ah, box, box, what I'm talking about. Here, here we go. We were like, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. that? Um, and shout out to Mark L on Instagram for pointing out that what he's saying is, saw a box once, wrote a song about it, want to hear it, here it go, which is a reference to <laughs> Calhoun Tubbs from In Living Color. <laughs> Did you see any of these sketches ever? I, I never uh, watched In Living Color growing okay. up. I I enjoyed it quite a bit as a kid, and one of them was this David Allen Greer character who was like, you know, the, uh, like a blues singer who was like busking. Yeah. And he'd be like, you know, exactly. He'd be like, I saw a box once, and here's a song about it. He'd be like, Oh, I saw a box, and it was a box, and that would be like the end of it. But it was much funnier than that, and it was a very funny right. sketch. And I had completely blocked this out of my head, uh, but of course, that's what they're referencing with that. And then since then it was one of those things where like you learn about something and then you see it all over the place you know where like i heard the song free your mind by en vogue (laughs) while i was up in minnesota and i did not remember or realize that like the full version like the non-radio one begins with her saying prejudice wrote a song about it want to hear it here it go (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty funny so anyway shout out to to uh, mark for pointing that out and uh, for everybody who didn't get that reference there you go uh old old calhoun tubs from in living color <laughs> uh get david allen greer on the pod yes please all right we got a uh, we got some brandon from pa how's it going fellas this is beat kids aka brandon from pa uh i wanted to call in uh because i have a short story before you get off of the topic of goatee hook that i wanted to share um and this is from uh, from the Purple Door Festival that used to be held in Pennsylvania, uh, originally in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, obviously Creation Fest is huge in PA, and it's kind of like the main CCM festival where you got headliners like Michael W. Smith, DC Talk, Newsboys, Switchfoot, the biggest, the biggest people at the time. Um, but then uh, Purple Door it was more like Five Iron Headliner or POD or Blindside, stuff like that. It was a really cool little festival. Uh, but it was always held in August. And uh, Goatee Hook, one of the one, the last time I saw them, they were playing there. And Joel must have picked up, like, a red hair dye, the kind that you may maybe spray in your hair before a football game. And uh, as he's playing, he's, he had long bangs at the time. With it, it looked cool, this red stripe in his hair. But as he was playing, it started uh, sweating out of his hair down his face, and it looked a little bit like he had a uh, a traumatic head wound that was uh, <laughs> that should have been attended to before the show. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but that's it. I uh, love Goaty Hook and love that you guys are talking about him. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Magpie for life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, just good old uh, <laughs> Joel traumatic head wound bell. <laughs> that's what we that's what we call him around these parts. What's the what was the Dana Carvey sketch? Something head wound Harry. 
Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Massive Head Wound Harry? Massive Head Wound Harry. Is that, is that it? <laughs> yes. That was uh, that was on SNL, right? Or was that on Dana Carvey Show? I can't remember, I remember. which one it was. That sounds... It sounds, it sounds more a little like more Dana, Dana Carvey, Carvey Show. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Purple Door. We've definitely heard about that uh, at a couple points here and there. Um, and, you know, shout out to swoopy emo hair Joel with a red streak, which we'll get to uh, later when we review this album, because... Uh, the music video from this record features swoopy emo hair Joel with a red streak in his hair. So perhaps he was mm. he was feeling it at that at that point in his life. Uh yeah, we we stand we stand some emo yelly Joel. That's yes. uh that's my that's my favorite my favorite form. Absolutely. Um let's see, we got some Jason from LA. So what's up guys? This is uh, Jason out here in LA. <clears throat> Sorry, it's been a while. Hopefully, this message isn't too late. But uh, oh, wow. happy you guys mentioned Conan O'Brien. Uh, I got the privilege of being able to go see his show three times, but I got to see four tapings. One time I went, wow. Uh, wow. they taped two shows in one day. Oh, wow. Both uh, Conan and Andy were talking all this shit about the audience from the night before. That was us. But uh, Conan was great. Uh, fuck Jay Leno. He <laughs> really screwed over uh, yep. Conan. But uh, thank you guys for mentioning Conan. I've been a fan of his since his late night days. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, you guys, uh, sorry, it's late for the congratulations on 100 shows. I've been there. I listened to the very first episode. That's right. But uh, you guys keep it up and for 100 more. And uh, I'm going to be heading up to Oakland today. Going to go see visit my sister. So never been as far north as Santa Barbara. If you don't know California, Santa Barbara's not even close to central California. So, my first time going up to Northern California, going to spend a day in Oakland, spend a day in San Francisco. It's a short little trip. So uh, you guys have a good one. Mad yeah. class for life. Yes, there it is. <laughs> Thanks, um, yeah, I need to I need to make it out to California Yeah. at some point. I, I haven't been in probably nine or ten years. Yeah, man. We owe it to Meg at least. We owe it. Yeah, we, yeah, we owe it to Meg. We owe it to all the other... Uh, west coast magpod folk yeah, it's a who, sizable contingency yes exactly we could gather somewhere on the west coast yes um yeah thank i i love that he's like fuck jay leno you know this <laughs> yeah, us, us, wrong. us conan fans that are og conan fans that go back years uh and never gonna let that go <laughs> no those late night days but when he was uh you know his took over for Letterman and and then when he got screwed over by Jay Leno and you know then he went to uh TBS and everything and um yeah so we we won't need we don't need to belabor belabor that no. but I I love that uh there's still within so many Conan fans a this little burning ember of hatred that just will never go out for yep. Jay Leno. No. <laughs> I don't think there's like any talk show host that like i mean i remember letterman he's like yeah you know we uh you know he's like we me and jay used to be you know pals and yeah i don't i think letterman ended up thinking jay was a giant asshole and right um yeah it just seems like that's he's really was kind of only looking out for himself and yeah seems like a douche the thing that i feel like i hear the most from comedians is like he was, I mean, he got the Tonight Show because he was like one of the 
funniest sort of not not subversive necessarily but certainly like not playing it safe comics in the yeah. 80s and then completely right. switched that valve off forever and like yes played it safe in middle of the road and was just like a guy who was into cars and whatever for the rest of his life and it's just like that's yeah. just a disappointing trajectory <laughs> yeah he if there's any comedian that i think defines boomer comedy <laughs> right it's it's jay leno just very like you said middle of the road playing it safe and just he he he, he just wasn't creative anymore he no. That sort of grind that's required for being a stand-up, you, when you are, a, you become a talk show host, you have writers. You're not, you know, you're not out there on the road grinding out jokes and new material when you have um, a staff doing that. And that's just the nature of the beast. But hmm. he also is just not very, he's not a very good interviewer either. Like yeah. he, he was, he was, he was always sort of one of the the worst interviews. Uh, yeah, and I think there were other people that were doing way more subversive stuff, like Conan in his early days, or Craig Ferguson was very mm. subversive and weird. Yeah, um, always ripped up his notes before an interview and just right. like had a conversation and just right, right. went went where it went. And I loved that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jay Leno not, not coming on the pod. Nope, definitely not. And we have a, uh, a MagPod first. Mm. Hey, this is Candace from Texas. Uh, I just wanted to call in because last week's episode was entirely too short, only two and a half hours. I equate <laughs> that to the lack of voicemails, so I'm adding in here. Um, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate the community um, that you guys mm. have fostered. Uh, the fact that uh, people seem open to evaluating their past and realizing we were all dumb in high school uh, <laughs> and that change is good, uh, which is fantastic. I started listening in the Five Iron season. I've been a fan of them for probably almost 25 years. Um, so um, this season has been great. I wasn't familiar with a lot of the bands in particular, but the scene. And so, you know, it kind of all translates. Uh, a lot of the bands had similar ideas on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So uh, even though it's not the bands I was familiar with, it's been interesting um, getting to listen um, to new bands. Uh, and all the games, I am always uh, siding when John gives himself half a point. He 100% <laughs> deserves half a point. Thank you, um, so don't take that away from him. Um, and uh, that's it. So Magpod for life. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Candace. Candace, thank you so much. Um, uh, getting to know Candace in in the Discord uh, mm -hmm. has been one of, I think, one of the greatest joys because there, I mean, there are some people who largely interact with the community in the Discord, not so much like through voicemails. This is our first voicemail yeah. from Candace, and she's been listening since last season. And she did send uh, an email. She did send read. an email. But yeah, first but voicemail. Like, you did great. Yes. Yes. Sound it was great, perfect, nailed it. Uh, Danny stairs, take note. Um, <laughs> he has been stepping up with the more with more uh, with more of the uh, voice memos, but um, you know, getting to know people in that sort of intimate space of the Discord has been has been pretty awesome. And um, 
so I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful for her and, and everything that, that she's contributed since she's been, been a part of this community. For sure. Um, and I don't know about that whole half a point thing. We, you know, Danny stairs, he, he wanted to be, uh, I don't know. He wanted, he wanted to have like some sort of ownership over point rulings. You know, yeah, that's it, fair. So I don't legal, know. I don't want to get into legal trouble here. So <laughs> I'll defer to him. Exactly. All right. Uh, we got Christoph. Hi, Andrew and John. This is uh, Christophe from Belgium again. I want to share some thoughts about Gottihook, uh, mostly about Banana Man. Uh, uh, first, I want to share one thing about um, the Sumo Surprise. In um, Belgium, we had in the 2000s a band. Uh, it was not a very big punk rock band, but yeah, they, they played a lot of shows and they always played Knock Knock by Gottihook. Uh, they covered that live and... Um, so in Belgium, Knock Knock was the biggest Goatee Hook song. I Interesting. That, that is so <laughs> wild to me. What? <laughs> Their objectively worst song, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if the, if this band was like maybe a joke band, I could right, get right, it. Right. But yeah. like like literally, this this song will make you mad. Worst song we've ever had. Like yeah, they're, they're just like... <laughs> I, we didn't we didn't we say like oh they wrote this in the studio they had yeah. left, they had tape left over right, let's right. just yeah let's just record this it's a joke but are you crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh man anyway I think um, then I want to share share some other things about uh, Banana Man I uh, don't know if you mentioned it but I don't think you did about the sound and about the artwork. Uh, there was a um, uh, podcast episode of Urban Achiever that's from Billy Power from Blenderhead and mm. uh, that I heard a long time ago when I looked it up and I found it. Uh, it's from 2015 where he talks with, with Joel uh, about a lot of things, uh, also about uh, the Goody Hook albums. And Joel... Uh, told about um, the mix that also the band wasn't very happy with it but there's a whole story it's quite a complex story how it came that the sound of of banana man is so thin and he also explains that he's very happy with uh, the the sound of sumo surprise but also two years to never has uh, not really the band being very happy with how it sounds hmm. yeah we did I think we did talk about this. Talked about it, yeah. Some, um, yeah. I I seem to remember in that that episode of Urban Achiever that Joel was given the authority to be the one to right. go to uh, approve the mix and and all of the and everything. And he's like, I wish I hadn't been the one to do that. And yeah, and so that was a. Uh, uh seemed like a huge bummer for for everybody involved but mm. um yeah it's 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 one of those things about that album that i wish i could have um i wish could be different because yeah. i i do like it a lot um, banana man is very good to listen to is indeed in very big boxes where you can put the bass very loud and then 
it sounds like a decent, punchy uh, punk rock band. And uh, I hope you guys may, I, I thought about it a few times, and I hope you guys have maybe enough reach to start a Kickstarter project where they redo the uh, mixing of that album so I can hear how it has to sound. Because it's very hard to say which album of Goddy Hook is the best. Because yeah, Banana Man doesn't get a chance with that bad and thin mix. Yeah. So, bye. Thank um, you. Thank you, Christoph. Yes, yeah, so uh, all kinds of legal issues with with needing to acquire the rights first yeah. for that um and so i mean that that would be the first step and i think wanting to make sure that if the, something like that happened the band would have to co-sign that but whoever owns the rights currently it's probably capital christian or whoever owns like a lot of those Right. early early releases of a lot of these bands um yeah. uh but i mean so yeah like when i was listening to banana man i would in my earbuds i would adjust the eq and just right. like bass all the way up treble all the way down and it sounded a lot better um yeah. but you're right it's it's one of those weird things it's like <laughs> which is the better album when one of them, like if it was given a chance, it could have been like one of those truly iconic '90s mm. Christian pop punk records. Well, it was for it me. Was, it was to the, you with the bad ears. Um, but you know, we put this question out to our listeners on the socials, and I, what better time than uh, now to read the poll results? So, ooh, ooh, want to say, people are with you. Overall, Sumo Surprise, the preferred album to Banana Man, which truly to me is shocking. I just kind of like went into the season assuming it meant as much to everyone as it did to me. Um, on Twitter, pretty close. Sumo, 53 to Banana Man's 47%. Uh, Instagram, uh, Banana Man just getting bodied by Sumo Surprise. <laughs> uh, Sumo, 65 to Banana Man, 35. So. Ooh. Perhaps a reflection of uh, I don't know demographics of age or something for different platforms, but I'm on that on that Twitter uh, uh, audience more solidly I think where it's like a, a close call. So anyway, damn. damn. Yeah, thanks to folks for weighing in. Um, we uh, you know we got some more some more Goaty Hook albums to discuss. Maybe we'll have some chances to uh, to discuss some of these. Uh, ooh, ooh, some of these audio differences and, and how they came to be yeah um all right uh last voicemail robert snyder hi this is robert snyder from jacksonville florida i started listening to the pod on the recommendation of people in the i hate five iron frenzy group uh, and it didn't take long before i became fully submerged <laughs> i've been 101 episodes in 44 days wow i'm all caught up i wow <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> is that a new record is this a new record he he beat mickey there right i think so i think so because when mickey listened i mean it's also not fair because when mickey started listening i think we only had like 50 episodes out yeah but, this is 200 in 44 well, days well uh 100 oh i'm reading the 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 
text translated. The, the Google, Google Translate is is doubling our episodes. <laughs> Wait, I was like, <laughs> that's how my brain works. This is why I lose in the games, Andrew, because I'm like, yeah, he listened to 200 episodes. There's no problem with that you, statement. You just Ron Burgundied that. You're like, go fuck yourself, San Diego. I'm 200 episodes? <laughs> um, okay, well, whatever. Still very impressive. Yeah. Um, all right. So he continues. I had to become a patron more of that sweet, sweet Magpod action. Yes. I've been a huge Five Iron Frenzy fan since I heard Sucker Punch in middle school and realized that this was a band that got me and represented who I am. For MXPX, I kind of grew up a casual fan through Osmosis because my older sister was a huge fan uh, and she was always playing it, so I kind of liked it <laughs> secondhand. Uh, now, of course, I know I don't have a lot of time here, but I did want to share a quick anecdote about the first time I saw MXBX in concert. It was at Warp, uh, Warp Tour in Florida, and it had been raining, and it was super muddy, and someone threw mud at Mike from uh, from the floor. Rude. Hit him right in the face. What? But he, he played it so cool. Like, he looked like he was going to get super mad, but he just mm. walked over, toweled himself off, and was like, that's not cool or something like that. And then kept playing. It was awesome. Uh, uh, anyway, thank you guys for all that you've done. I know that you don't know me yet, but I already feel like you guys are my kind of people. Oh. I'll probably send you a lengthy, lengthy email with 100 and epi- 101 episodes worth of hot takes. But for now, toodaloo, Magpod for life, and our newest album, Forever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you, Robert. Dude, that's, I am so impressed. Um, that's, yeah. That, I'm that is horrified and impressed. I know. I mean, cause I just think <laughs> about you have, you have binged the last three years of our lives in a month and a half. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And you have, you have seen and heard a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause I was like, you know, cause he said, uh because he, he said fully submerged i'm like how does he know this reference this is that's like <laughs> that's an oldie that's an yeah. old danny stairs joke about from that fanfic episode <laughs> uh from a long time ago and so yeah we need uh robert we need your we need your arthur takes mm. um we need your uh uh adrenalize and smitty mm. takes yeah me some some roper some roper yeah we, too. yeah we've got a we got a lot of, lot of, to a lot of takes that you need um we need to hear your best best laugh voice <laughs> that's right um but yeah thank you so much uh we really appreciate that and for your uh your patreon support yes, for sure thanks buddy thank you um what a great way to end in the voicemails john yeah it was a good it's a good Hell crop yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks, everybody. Um, well, John, mm. before we before we talk, I mean, because we are going to be talking some Smitty today. Mm, that's true. Uh, I do have a question for you. Mm, let's hear it. Do you want to play a game? I believe I'm ready to play a game. Ooh, is that your, you're going best life? That was my best life. Best coming, life. Coming up to the jigsaw killer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so today we're going to be talking 
the Goaty Hook covers record mm. songs we didn't write. Yes. Uh, but today I'm going to give you a game entitled Questions I Didn't Write. Ooh. No, but I did. I did write, I did write <laughs> you, these questions. Yeah, okay. I did write this quiz. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so these are going to be questions that are related to the topics of the songs we didn't write. Goaty Hook covers album. John, okay. hmm. are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Feel good. All right. Get those half points from Candace. First question. Goaty Hook may not have written the songs they performed on this album, but they didn't plagiarize them. Plagiarism is one of the worst things you can do in the world of the arts and academia. Hmm. Even many respected individuals have been accused of plagiarism. Which of these individuals has not been accused of plagiarism? A, Martin Luther King Jr. B, Jane Goodall. C, George Harrison. Or D, Betty White. Ah, the big four. The big four. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's quite a lineup. Um, boy, I have no frame of reference for how to answer this one. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say, well, see, I don't know. I. Martin Luther King giving so many speeches. You know, he's hearing a lot of different pastors saying stuff. It's possible he he slipped up. Jane Goodall, I don't know much about the chimp world. Um, you don't. Perhaps she plagiarized a fellow chimp enthusiast, George Harrison. I mean, when you're talking music, easy to, to be accused of, of that. Betty White, I don't know, comedy? Like, that's another easy thing. I don't know. Uh, uh, Betty White seems the least uh, fraught. I'll say Betty White has not been accused of plagiarism. John, you're right. Wow. Betty White has not been accused of plagiarism. Uh, these other three have. Okay. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., um, this plagiarism like was uh, prior to him sort of becoming a rising star. Sure. Uh, Jane Goodall was is was a book that she um, that she wrote. Um, there were some passages or some some references that were not cited. Um, um, and George Harrison uh, famously sued uh, for "My Sweet Lord." Um, right. and how he pretty much ripped off that uh, entire song from a, a song called He's So Fine. Right, yes. Okay. And uh, another, I think it was a group of uh, black women. Okay. Um, mm. good look. No, who was it by? The Chiffons. Chiffons. Yeah, the Chiffons, huh. yeah. Yeah, interesting. And oh. they were not having it. Mm. All right, so, well. You know, two good songs, uh, but I hope he had to pay. <laughs> yeah, they uh, <laughs> had to pay them. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, I don't think the they bought his um, his his justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but he has a great song. Um, but yeah, he Just, settled it. He paid more than half a million dollars, and yeah. that was in the eighties. So yeah, so that was a that was a lot. My bad. That's what he said. 
<laughs> My sweet lord, that's a lot of money. That's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. He said, uh, Hare Krishna. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, okay. Next question. Earth Angel mm. is a 1991 TV movie starring mm. Kathy Podwell, Eric Estrada, and Mark Hamill. Mm. What is the plot of this film? Is it A... When a supermodel is abducted by aliens, she learns about a plot to destroy Earth and she needs to work quick, quickly to save humanity. B, a 1960s prom queen who dies in a car accident must return to Earth to help someone to earn her way out of purgatory. C, a goofy angel upsets the delicate balance in heaven's perfect ecosystem and is kicked down to Earth until the balance can be restored. Or D, a teenage guardian angel falls in love with the teenage girl he was tasked with watching over. Hmm. This does sound vaguely familiar. I feel like I can picture the uh, VHS box <laughs> cover. Okay. Um, <laughs> you uh, you rented you rented Earth Angel? I don't believe this is one that I've seen. <laughs> um, Eric Estrada and Mark Hamill, bro. Like hey, that's a that's that's quite Kathy the duo. Podwell, the Pode. The Pode. She's, She's Poden, bro. <laughs> um, boy, that's tough. I mean, that's that's eight years after Jedi. Mark Hamill is <laughs> slumming it as the third build in a TV movie. That sucks. Um, let's see. Um, Prom Queen sounds familiar. Uh, goofy angel that could be teenage guardian I, I remember some prom queen imagery I'm, I'm going B 1960s prom queen dies in a car accident John two for two hey, hot hand in the dice game baby yeah bro you uh but here's a question though uh do you want to see that do you want to see the <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> the trailer to Earth Angel? Oh, of course. That you'd never ask. Let me in. Woo. Woo. Once in your life, but yeah, see, this seems familiar. <laughs> uh oh, car accident. Her corsage goes flying. <laughs> have a mission. Like John Glenn? This is no laughing matter, young lady. <laughs> I'm here on a mission. I have to find out what it is. Oh my god! Look at this! They better have these in my heaven. Come on, loose goose! Dare anybody to think you're uncool. Drive in to go. How's my hair look? Mint. It's time, Wayne. Let go of the past. Um, so yeah, this looks truly awful. Doesn't look good. It does not um, look good. Poor, poor Mark Hamill. Uh is he a, prof a teacher is he a boyfriend i'm unclear i, I do not know i'm it trying looks to intense yeah i'm trying to find a there was a clip of mark hamill here he is ah there he is looking he's got his horn-rimmed glasses on looks good i mean yeah snack. this was this was 
This was 30 years ago, so hey, still snap. Uh, no, Mark, Mark, Mark Hamill is uh, the best guy in Hollywood. Yeah, um, I, he's 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 a class act. He's a mensch. Where is the song Earth Angel in this movie? Earth Angel? Uh, <laughs> uh, towards the end of this, okay, I think they okay. have it at the end. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. They're, they're dancing in heaven, I guess. Sure. All right. It looks it looks terrible. So uh, that's that's Earth Angel, right, John. Good to know. Two for hey. two. Hey, um, let's keep it up. And if you want, uh, if you want to borrow any of these other uh, plots for some treatments, <laughs> you go ahead. Hey, maybe the aliens one. That's now you're talking my language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question three. I love rock and roll. Is of course a Joan Jett song. Mm. But you had to know that I was going to ask you about Weird Al's parody, <laughs> I Love Rocky Road. Oh, man. On this on this Al track is a man by the name of Musical Mike Kiefer, who is featured on numerous Al records. Uh-huh. What, is, what is Musical Mike's musical gift? Mm. Is it A, his deep bass voice? B, his mouth sound effects? C, his hand farts? Or D, beatboxing you know i'm sorry to disappoint you andrew but i do not remember i love rocky road um wow don't remember musical mike Kiefer. trying to think of what goes in an i love rock and roll parody song well from that list um i mean mouth sound effects seems the most likely but there are a lot of people who can do that so is it that special there's not a lot of beatboxing in that song, though, is there? I don't know. I'm, I'm going B, mouth sound effects. You're it's going B, mouth sound effects is musical mics. Yeah. Gift. Um, John, I'm sorry. I felt uh, it. I felt uh, it was wrong. Yeah, so his, his gift, John, is... Well, let me just let me just play it for you. <laughs> yes, please. And then you can, uh, then you can make that determination for yourself. There we go. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I should have known. <laughs> oh man. In yeah. retrospect, I don't know why I guessed anything but that one. That, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, Mike Kiefer was on at least four <laughs> Al albums. Oh, I love that uh, for his his hand parts. <laughs> Get him on the pot. <laughs> get him on the i i mean it's just it's very impressive that's yeah i mean you can you can make you can make any kind of you can be like oh that's so whatever but like it's fucking <laughs> i would like to get you know get some michael winslow and and mike Kiefer yeah. together All right be, there you go that's be, what i was thinking i was like if in the 80s you're you're going for that you you probably you got you got, Winslow, you got Winslow on the track yeah yeah um <laughs> boy I'm, I'm seeing here that uh that it's called manualism hand music so hand farts a uh you know just a, a pejorative term for a, a whole genre manualism all right um I think there he was a there was he was I don't remember what he was he was credited as on on the record but it was like it was like hand something I don't remember what it was but it 
It wasn't fascinating. It wasn't manualism. <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird. Uh, all, right. all right. So two for three. Mm. Turn around. I said, what's that sound coming out of the hole in Kurt Cobain's wood? It's his modified left-handed left hand, left 1959 Martin D18E guitar he used for the MTV Unplugged set, which sold at auction for a lot of money. How much did Peter Friedman from Australia pay? Approximately A, $1 million, B, $3 million, C, $4 million, or D, $6 million for that MTV Unplugged Nirvana Kurt Cobain mm. guitar. An iconic sound, an iconic look from yeah. that guitar. Who's Peter coming Friedman? Of, Anybody? Coming out of the hole in his wood. Right. Yes, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Uh, just, I don't know. Some just dude. that was that was the person that that snagged it who wanted to drop the coin on that uh on that guitar. Yeah. Have a piece of rock history. Yeah, he's probably got a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is like something he saved up for. I'm guessing he <laughs> had this to burn. So I'm going I'm going as high as we go. That's that's iconic. Six million. You're going six million for that. Modified left-handed 1959 Martin D18E. That's right. John. Wow. You best are. Best I've done in a while. In a while. It, you are four. You know, you know, you're three for four. Three for four. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This One is a chance to screw it up. Is there um, if you had, let's say you hypothetically had like <laughs> Jeff Bezos fuck you money. Mm. Uh, build a build a giant space dick and fuck the sky. Yeah. Um, is this is this is this something that you if you were like I want to give myself the permission to buy something? What would be that item? What would be your MTV Nirvana unplugged guitar? Like, what would you like to just be like? I I will blow millions of dollars on this. Um, I'm thinking it would have to be a Prince guitar. I think that might be my move. Perhaps, perhaps one from Purple Rain. You know, mm, I'm mm. really looking to to spend a lot of that coin. He plays that, you know, that like uh, symbol yes. shaped guitar yes. in that movie. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. That sounds pretty great to have. Hell yeah. Uh, how about you? Um. Is it a musicalism? Uh, <laughs> manual, of, a manualism. Oh, sorry, yeah, manual piece of manualism trivia. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I'd have to, uh, you know, when Mike Kiefer dies, I will have his hands, you know, taxidermied. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's horrifying. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> um, it would probably have to be something like something from Back to the Future. Ooh. You know, oh, I thought we were talking strictly musical here. Oh, well, I mean, maybe uh, see if I could um, snag like a Weird Al accordion, something that go. he played, or something from like something he did in UHF. Yeah, that's um, good. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, if it were if it were like any movie memorabilia, I mean, get that DeLorean yeah. and like retrofit it with like all of the replica stuff from the movie. Just custom build that shit. Get the guitar that rock and roll was invented on. Exactly. 
Um, I would have. I'd probably have to pull a, a Ben Wyatt and just get a full Batman costume that I could walk <laughs> around in. I think that's the move. <laughs> yeah, that you just like, and then just cry in it. I mean, that's what I would do. So. <laughs> <laughs> you would put on the Batman costume, lay outside in your hammock, listen to the Batman soundtrack, oh, and just openly weep. What a great night that would be. <laughs> I'm going to treat here, myself. I'm just going to treat myself. Um, if I if I ever strike it rich for, for some un, undisclosed reason, uh-huh. I will buy you Thanks, a, buddy. a Batman costume. Which, from whichever, whichever movie you want. It could be... Uh, yeah. We're talking, could be Keaton. It's got to be the Keaton, I think. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Keep your ass Or it could be, you know, it could be uh, George Clooney, get the, the Batman nipples. Bat nips. Yeah, the, do like those get bat, the nips. bat nips. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. John, we're, we're, going, we're going four for five. Okay. Question five. Let's see. Sometimes burning love can go too far. <laughs> In 2016, a Florida man and minor league hockey player faced potential arson charges after what? A, setting some love letters from his girlfriend on fire with gasoline, which prompted, which promptly got out of hand. B, burning his ex-girlfriend's clothes in her front yard. C, setting his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend's house on fire. Or D, setting a heart-shaped effigy on fire outside his girlfriend's house, but accidentally damaging a neighbor's property in the process. <laughs> um, so how does how does fire play into the final one? Was there fire involved in the heart-shaped effigy? The, yeah, setting a heart-shaped effigy on fire. Oh, on fire. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is that word is there, on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said, you know, my brain. Uh, yeah. We covered this. Yeah. Um, I, th- that last one is so funny to me. I, I mean, it's not funny. A neighbor's property was damaged, but the idea of being like, was it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going D. It's just too um, too specific for me. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. shit. You're going to go in D? Yeah. I mean, okay. all right, you're going D. Oh, I thought you were trying to trick me. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, he set some love letters on uh, fire. He got some <laughs> gas from the gas station. Sure, normal. <laughs> set them on fire. Um, this guy's like, it was like 25 years old. So a minor league hockey player in Florida. Um, Paper burns. Yes, this is what else. doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> you don't need an accelerant oh, for paper. Too many, yeah. uh, too many sticks to the head, this dude. Yeah, this may have been uh, Jason uh, from The Good Place. Portals, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they set him on fire. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. Well, um, I, but better than normal for me, though. Three out of yeah. five, right? So here, I wanted to just, uh, <laughs> just... pull up the, let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the... Uh, Justin Agosta, Florida Everglade Everblades hockey player, <laughs> uh, responded to his apartment that he was upset with his girlfriend when he bought gasoline at a nearby gas station to douse the letters. Uh, he said he put tried to put the fire out with water and a towel when it got out of control. 
Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. I mean, when you're, it... when, when you're that extra pissed that you're like, this needs some gasoline. <laughs> um, can't you see Jason Mendoza being like, yes. Back when I played on the Florida Everblades? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, then he, uh, then he accidentally kills himself inside of a right, safe exactly. that, <laughs> that has no air. I'm glad uh, no one was damaged in, in real life. But I also like that, uh, it says that he has not missed a game playing for the team since his arrest. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> cool. It's just a normal week in Florida. Yeah. Um, all right. That was a fun quiz. I, I did not horribly. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, musical Mike Kiefer, musical hands, musical hands. That's pretty yeah. nice. It's better yeah. than farts. Pay some respect, put some respect on his name. <laughs> hey, I was putting some, but he's a, he's, he's a legend. No, I just, I don't, I'm not saying you weren't, I'm just saying, you know, weird Al knew to, to give him his properties. There we go. Yes. There we go. Um, um wow. Yeah. So quite three, a, quite three, a first segment. Three for five. Not um, bad. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. You tried to steer me in the right path for, for Florida, but I was, you know, couldn't, that, couldn't it's, it's I Florida man. On fire. Florida man is tough. <laughs> He's could always be, could be give me a run for money. Could be anything. Could be <laughs> any number of. I in in looking this up, I was um, finding all kinds of different uh, uh, sad arson based stories. Jeez, oh, yeah, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Uh, this is the least sad one you could find. This was the least sad one that didn't um, involve something truly horrific. Yeah. Like this couple that uh, this guy like loved this woman. And uh, and then when he like started dating her and they, he couldn't like, couldn't have sex with her. Like he, he like couldn't perform. And so, uh so to keep her around i guess she's like i want you to burn these buildings down and whatever and so they like together burned down like 60 some buildings together wow that's a lot of buildings yeah mm-hmm. um but like did it not, work did he did he get hard or what uh i don't think so i don't <laughs> think i think it was just like uh he wanted to stay with her and this is something that made her happy was arson <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so that's, that's a v- oh. very dark story. And yeah. now they're both in prison. So, all right. Well, I'm glad we found a way to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's that. <laughs> that's that. Ending on arson is always uh, the way to go. Should we take a little break and come back and cover this album of covers? I think we should. Yeah. Cover we, the covers. We'll, we'll co- we'll, we'll, we will cover songs we didn't write by Goaty Hook when we come back. Hey, I'm Joe, and I'm a composer and a musician. That's why we call you the maestro. And I'm Will. I'm a literal doctor. But don't trust this guy with your ailments. No, I study comic books, but it still counts. We're a couple of creative kids who host a podcast called Common Creatives. We dig deep into filmmakers, musicians, books, and characters, really all types of artistic works and the people who make them. We break apart the art we love to see what makes it tick. Basically, we give you the definitive take on whatever or whoever we're discussing. All opinions are definitive and final. So check out Common Creatives wherever you listen to podcasts.
And we're back. Yeah. We're talking songs we didn't write. Mm-hmm. Talking covers. Talking uh, inconsistent reasons about why we like a cover versus why we don't like a cover. <laughs> yes, indeed. I inevitably know. I just know. <laughs> listening to this and preparing for this episode, I knew we were going to have the same conversation that we've had every time we've talked about a cover. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's coming. <laughs> Um, John, what are you, what are you eating there, bro? Because I'm like, we're starting this episode back up because I need to talk about what's, what, what's going on right now. Um, I should have included this in the first segment, but I know, I'm right? Eat, I'm eating some fruit roll-up sours right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say it's, it's a hit in the spot. So looks like th- from what I could tell from the box, there were two flavors. You got blue raspberry. Yeah. Uh, and berry punch. Berry punch sounds outstanding to me. Both pretty good. Both pretty tasty. I was telling you, I don't normally, I haven't had a fruit roll up probably since I was a child or yep, 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 yep. at least in decades. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had a hankering for something sour and I saw these guys and I was like, that sounds pretty goddamn delicious. Dude. Uh, yeah. That, cause I was asking you, you said it was a fruit roll up and I was asking if it was a fruit by the foot, but it's the long daddies. It's not the, it's not the, like the, the rolled small right, packages right. they're the the long right. ones and you asked me you're like do you remember those ones where you could like punch out the shapes i'm like uh-huh. i got so excited <laughs> because i haven't yeah, thought I, do. I haven't thought about those in decades I know, right? bro i hadn't either but as soon as i held that roll up in my hands i was like the sensation of poking i know in the in the the visual and the memory is just i'm a wash yeah. in nostalgia <laughs> that's right Oh man, that's um, probably just all the, all the chemicals. Just yeah, exactly. like, it just because I, I when you unrolled it, I'm like, I know exactly how this smells. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. that aroma, that berry aroma. These are, um, they're not all natural. Uh, <laughs> what? They do appear to be vegan though, so you know, get yourself a box. Um, well, what percentage of it is like fruit puree? Yeah, we got fruit fruit pectin in there. It doesn't sure. sound good. Um, well, it's just the the whatever that you I mean. Fruit naturally has pectin. I've never heard of pectin. Uh, I will take your word for it. What you've never heard of pectin? That's like look at any look at any like jelly or jam and uh, pectin's in there. Yeah, we talking pectin, bro. We talking pectin, bro. This is our uh, this is our, uh, our new segment <laughs> called talking pectin. Pod podkin. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard of it at some point in my life. Why is Petkin bad for you? Um, Petkin re- can reduce the body's ability to absorb beta carotene. So, no. Fruit Roll-Ups, maybe not good for you, but we are proud to say that we're sponsored this week by Fruit Roll-Ups. Uh, <laughs> thank you. No, that's that is That is not true. Uh, can we get can we talk to Fruit Roll about getting like a a fruit roll up like mag pod like logo yeah, punch out it's, something yes yes punch out all the different mag pod tongue tattoo on there you could put on your tongue Ooh, yes um now we're talking now the here, wheels are turning here it is here it goes we will reach out to got they got a customer service number on there bro we can yeah you know they do <laughs> <laughs> all right fruit roll up i got some big ideas <laughs> you got some big ideas all right let's sit your asses down uh, we have been um, burned by Mars Wrigley one too many times. Oh man, we, we're on the fruit roll-up train. 
normally we save on that train we're on the pecton train we normally save this nonsense for the first segment yeah. so people are tuning in for this record and being like what the hell is this um <laughs> we are in fact talking songs we didn't write the goatee hook cover album yeah released october 16th 1998 on tooth and nail records andrew did you pick up this album as a young man you know i did bro mm. got that cd cover little booklet right here yeah. um it's not so much a booklet as it is sort of like almost kind of like a mini poster oh there you go god boys, boys looking uh boys looking good you get you get joel there. and jamie looking Some good. handsome dudes i don't know if we planned that i don't know if this adam is, is uh looking kind of goofy yeah usually. um usually uh christian yeah this is the uh first first release sans conrad Indeed. So just got the Joel, Jamie, Adam, and Christian on this one. Yeah. This uh I did not have this one. I you know my position on covers. <laughs> I'm usually it, I've got some exacting criteria. Um and I don't always appreciate them. I think I would I would welcome most of these songs live, like if I was seeing them play any of these, which is what I usually say, but I'm not right. sure I'd usually need a collection of them unless there's some like radical new interpretation of them so this is just one that i kind of skipped i know there are honestly yeah. some songs that i never heard until we prepared for this episode was it like one that you enjoyed a lot yeah i i enjoyed it um okay. you know there are some curious choices yes on here uh like some 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 songs they you know they wanted to cover some contemporaries in terms of contemporary uh label mates you know you have mm -hmm. your your staves acre on here you yeah, got yeah. you got your you got yourself some snitty um mm -hmm. but then you have some you know i i gotta give it to them that they that they covered dead milkman dead milkman <laughs> and the violent femmes but they they chose curious songs Yes. They didn't choose the standard songs. And I don't know if that's like to their credit or if it's. Yeah, uh, I, I think it is. You think so? Um, we'll get to those two songs, but I feel like I, I made notes on those two in particular that were like, oh, I can see the influence of these bands, but specifically these songs from these bands on Godiak. Yeah. Like it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, I got to yeah, say, I, I do like. Okay, well, I'll save my takes for those songs later. I'll save sure. it for later. I don't sure. want to, you know, shoot my shoot my wad here a little too early. <laughs> sure, your your roll up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you don't want to unroll your roll up. I don't want to shoot by the, shoot by the foot here. <laughs> oh I'm, lord, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> we're we're we've had a few uh, weeks off, folks. <laughs> yeah, we're. This is this is none of this is going as anticipated. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think part of though why I never picked it up was just like a, I always found covers a little bit uninspiring. I don't know, like, a, a, and I, it's even still kind of a mixed bag for me now. I think there are some uninspired covers, which are kind of the ones that I had heard from it. Um, and there are also some bright spots, uh, some very interesting ones. So I think part of it was, like you said, this was the first record without Conrad, as I've kind of said in the past, at least to you know, teenage me, it felt like a noticeable shift when he left. He was right. the guitarist and the main songwriter. He left after Banana Man. 
um, when the band started touring full-time so he could finish seminary and continue his accounting career. Um, but yeah, this is when they went from a five piece to a four piece. And I feel like it was, I could tell, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's a, you know, an unfair assessment, but it just felt a different overall kind of tone. And I, I mean, maybe part of the things that I find to be the sort of uninspired aspects have changed a bit in the like 20 plus years since then. Like maybe some of these ones that seem super obvious to me now weren't as much at the time. Um, right. And, you know, the songs that are the most listened to songs on Spotify and that were singles. And then I'm sure people right. love and know best were the ones that I find to be pretty boring, like the bigger hits. So what do I know? I don't know. Well, that's, I mean that, yeah. So the top three walking on sunshine, I love rock and roll earth angel are the top three goatee hook songs. Yeah. And, uh, that sucks for a couple reasons yeah that i mean that's also been the case for mxpx for right. a long time too is that uh they're like 500 miles by the proclaimers was like right, at the right. top for a long time and a lot of their covers and i don't know what the i i don't know what the immediate why people like covers so much on albums because to your point like watching andy verdecchio and mxpx and five iron yeah. cover sound system by op ivy live right. was fucking amazing that yeah. was that experience ruled right but if but, the next five iron record had a cover of it i'd be like that's weird <laughs> it's like yeah i would be like i don't i don't i don't need I don't need a covers record. Like I, I understand putting out a covers record when you're maybe a band and like you're a young band and you're trying to get your name out there and trying to get people to notice you. And that's maybe a way to get people to listen to you is maybe throw, throw down some recognizable covers, but like, yeah, I mean this, this, yeah, this it's, and the thing is like, also to your point, these are all competent covers but yeah. there's nothing that they're bringing really that are that they're not like reimagined versions. Right. They're kind of just punk versions right. or faster versions of these songs. Yeah. I mean, usually what I say with these covers is like, if it's just a pretty much straight ahead one-to-one -one remake, I'm not very impressed because it's like, well, I could just go listen to that other song, which I probably will like more if it's a punk version of a classic song that can work a little more for me. Cause it's like a reinterpretation. But as you said, if it's just like, we're taking the song and we're making a punk, it's like, well, that's not super inspiring either. I do think it's, uh, among the bright spots here are ones that I really like where I feel like they're doing some interesting things with them. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, it's, I guess it makes sense on the streaming service that like people are searching for these huge songs and they find covers and they listen to those too, or add them to party playlists or whatever. But like, yeah. it is a bummer for these bands that like, yeah, walking on sunshine should not be like yeah. what you think of when you think of Goody hook, even though that was the single and there was a video and it is fun, but it's just like, Oh, there's so much more than that to me. So it bums me out a little. I mean, clearly when I think of Goody hook, I think of knock, knock. I mean, dad, <laughs> who's that? <there? laughs> But are you um, crying? Yeah, I will say it sounds pretty good across the board. Um, 
produced again by Kevin 131 mastered again by Brian Gardner, like the last few records that kind of like all over the map in terms of production sound on these last few. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think it sounds good. Um, it's definitely better to listen to than banana man. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, you know, for what if for whatever reason, you know, right. Uh, Kravak and Banana Man did not mix well. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think this sounds it sounds good. There's nothing really about it that's like, whoa, that's such a like mind blow. I mean, it's a it's no. a, it's a it's a covers record, so they're not going to be like, we have to stay in the studio for months <laughs> and make sure that Earth Angel sounds perfect. You know. Yeah, I would like to hear more about how this came to be, but usually I would, you know, if I'm being perhaps unfair, I would say, okay, we lost sort of a key pillar of our band and our, our songwriting uh, team. Maybe we'd do some covers. That would be an easy way to this, fulfill one yes, of the albums on our contract. That is, the, <laughs> that is the cynical and maybe possibly very realistic reason yeah. to do something like this, to f- help fulfill, get out, get out of your contract faster by slapping out some fun covers yeah and i know people appreciate it um i can appreciate covers uh in general but a whole collection is usually not what i'm looking for as it just wasn't one that really was on my radar i will say like on the cover um a cool collection of songs and influences in terms of like the christian world the secular world i mean you mentioned this already but like you have to give it up for any collection of songs that includes both Michael W. Smith and X, like not a lot of, uh, not a lot of bands paying homage to both of yeah. those artists in the same record. So I appreciate the variety. Uh, I appreciate Joel's vocal versatility in approaching yep. all those kinds of songs. I think he comes off great here. Um, does a nice job with these different modes. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a mixed bag for me, but I think it's uh, overall pretty fun. So. Yeah. Uh, should, should, we, we, should we get into get it? Into it. Let's do it. I think so. Um, I love rock and roll. Mm. say that the the one bright spot to me is the double time yes we should say after this there we go and then like when they end the song with yeah yeah, my 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 position during it was sort of like one of those classic 
well, why do it? You're just doing the same song. But yeah, when they go into the double time for the second chorus and yeah. second verse, I'm like, oh yeah, that's this is fun. Yeah, he gets um, a little yellier. So dance dab on the commission. I will say his vocals are my favorite thing about this cover. He sounds like Mick Jones from The Clash almost. Yeah. Like there's just this cool. Yeah, he sounds really he sounds really cool. Into that. Um, sounds really like like snotty and like right. sort of like fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, which is a good attitude for the song exactly um but it's just such an uninspiring choice i don't know it's so often covered maybe like i'm saying it wasn't as much you know when it came out but i just feel like it's like everybody does this song and like but it's fine it's fun i don't know i wish it wasn't the first song because it just kind of like bums me out <laughs> but you know i'm not like offended by it i think it's fine <laughs> you're not you're, i'm glad you're not offended by it so joan jet played recorded this song with two of the sex pistols oh okay right. um in 1979 was so, this a black heart song or no just Joan yes Jett? yes okay. it was uh i think it was uh black hearts and yeah she recorded it with uh steve jones and paul cook i mean i i hey joan jett legend, legend. i like the song but yes. i've seen it as an encore at a punk show probably 50 times in my life you know what i mean yeah yeah um but you're right i mean but this is also like you said you know the 1998 it's been a while record versus i mean if somebody if somebody covers i love rock and roll now like all right guys okay (laughs) wasn't it like didn't britney do an i love rock and roll i think it's she did she did britney on the i think it was was it her second first or second record that she covered satisfaction i think she maybe satisfaction she yeah covered she covered that. i love rock and roll on uh i don't know something in 2001 crossroads there you go so yeah. that's why i think I, we need a moratorium on yes covering i love rock and roll now in, in their defense that was after this so yes and also in their defense this was 23 years ago so exactly this was this was closer to the time of of that song being released than it is to now (laughs) which is depressing (laughs) um now the uh the aforementioned earth angel theme song to the hit 1991 television movie Ooh, doing something a little different here it's your cousin marvin (laughs) barry Roger Bell. gotta cut it off there at some point yeah um i think it's fun this is my number three okay yeah um for a couple reasons first off earth angel as a song outstanding i love the song it's a great song um also 
it's inextricably linked in my mind to Back to the Future. A hundred percent. And you know, I can't I can't think about this song without thinking about Marvin Berry and um but I also you know the bass line in the song is great I think it's taking a song that's they do something a little different they add a little bit of their own doo-wop version to the punk stuff which I it's one of the things I love about a band like Masked Intruder that Mm. they mix pop punk with 50s doo-wop and I guess that's kind of when I think of Earth Angel, I sort of think about like, oh, that's what Mask Intruders started doing, that 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 sort of mashup. And so that's yeah. kind of like this is sort of a little bit of a sweet spot of the music I yeah, I actually really like. No, I think that makes sense. I you know, I like the idea of taking a 50s song and making it punk. I think that works especially well with those kinds of songs. Uh, because as we've said multiple times, like that sound is kind of in Goaty Hook's wheelhouse. Like those melodies, those vocal harmonies uh, lend themselves very well to the kind of thing that that Goaty Hook uh, excels in. So it makes sense that they would take this Penguin song, originally by the Penguins, I believe. Um, But uh, yeah, I I, I like it a lot. It doesn't sort of blow me away, but I, I, I like this. This is the kind of thing that I'm like into as far as like the concept of a cover, taking a song that works for this band doing it in a new version it all makes it all makes good sense to me do you know what i think is kind of ridiculous what's that if, i want you to just do 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 me a favor because uh, you never you never know with google like if you if something is being tailored to you but if right. you google just earth angel uh-huh. um tell me what the very top thing that you're getting marvin berry and the starlighters <laughs> it's not even a real band it has to be most people on earth's frame of reference for the song though at this point right like that's how it's most well known yeah like it's artists marvin berry (laughs) that's false people that that person is fake it's not it's not real um it's such a it's such a stupid joke from the movie and yet like i still it's love your it cousin so marvin berry <laughs> do you get it everyone um, listen to this anyway it's so great though yeah i feel like my my arm is starting to fade away as i hear it <laughs> hey kid you all right <laughs> they can't um, dance and they can't kiss they can't kiss them history <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Didn't from... you hear the, sh- the show's over? Marvin um, can't play. <laughs> Let's do this all night. All right. <laughs> from doo-wop to new wave. That's baby. right. True faith by New Order. Crack. Drums sound great. Yeah.
Into it. Into it. Um, I was never really a New Order fan. Were you a New Order fan? Yeah, I was, baby. Bleeps and bloops. <laughs> I don't know. It just that that sort of era of music, just sort of the dark and moody stuff was just never really. Sounds perfect for you, yeah. I gotta say. <laughs> wow. Called, <laughs> called out. I guess you weren't dark and moody. I was dark. Um, I mean, I am dark and moody, but like. Different kind of, different flavor of, of moody, perhaps. <laughs> um, no, I was bathing in that, in those gothy 80s keys. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I love New Order. I, I love this song, too. Um, and I it's like the idea. It's kind of a boring idea. song. It's kind of. Well, you mean this version or the actual song? <laughs> I just think that it's it's so slow and like yes, I think this cover is kind of boring. Um, I, I mean, I like the idea of taking a new wave song and making it more guitar driven and like rougher. Um, but I wish it was faster. <laughs> like, yeah, they keep the tempo pretty much the same, uh, but they make it distorted so it's sort of like just becomes kind of a slog versus that like bouncing synthy beat of the original yeah um but i do i mean i like the general idea i think the transposition of the keyboard parts to get the guitar parts work pretty well although that intro really reminds me of the offspring song <laughs> when it like when it transposes to guitar where it's like and it feels like <laughs> everything that's what it reminds me of now um i did not anyway. pick up on that that's pretty great though <laughs> the original song basically sounds nothing like this though in terms of like sonically so i give it props for sort of like reinterpreting it and i think it's a great song it doesn't really like get to the next level of my faves on the album but i think it's interesting i don't know um can i uh, as long as we're talking about the offspring can i mention one of my favorite uh headlines from <laughs> the hard times yes please uh this is like from a like three and a half years ago uh, the hard times, the uh, satire, punk and metal, you know, alternative mm -hmm. uh, publication that's like the Onion. Uh, Dexter Holland introduces brand of wine that gets worse with age. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Uh, roasted. Sick burn. Roasted Dexter Holland. All right. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's again, it's one of those things like a competent cover, right? Sounds good, good, decent execution, but there's nothing like there's no like noodling or anything interesting going on, yeah. Because on the next song, they clearly have access to some synthy Sense. stuff, but they don't, they choose to just keep it very straightforward. Um, so let's get to that next song. Some oh, cars. Shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I don't mind you coming here and wasting all my time. Cause when you're standing all so near, I kind of lose my mind. It's not the button that you wear, it's not the ribbons in your hair. And I don't Yeah. 
That's fucking rules. This is my number two. Okay. Fascinating. I mean, not fascinating. It makes sense, but uh, they got, tell me they got more. The, the keys. They got the shreddy guitar. Everything is so fast. And yeah, I love, I love the affectations that Joel. Yes. Like, he's, he's doing just, a little bit of a Rick Ocasek he's, impression. He's, yeah. He's, he's hamming it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and is, and then they, he gets a little yelly, you know, yeah. at, at times, like I'm here for every aspect of this, but I also have very strong college associations with this song with one of my friends. Okay. My friend Ezekiel, uh. we, <laughs> there'd be times we'd be hanging out in his apartment and I would put the song on. And then when it started, we would be like, <laughs> oh shit. And we, we just like start like, you know, like pretending like to freak out and everything. So we have the, I just have this like strong association. Yeah. Um, you know, we like start to pretend to like <laughs> do palm muting or just like get all wild eyed. And so like, That's I fun. have, I have a very positive association yeah. with this song. This is another band, the cars and another song that I love, but again, it just feel like, I don't know. And maybe again, at the time this wasn't the case but i feel like this is just so ubiquitous like everybody covers the song this is in so many like commercials and stuff now you know it just is, it's become yeah. one of those songs that's just everywhere and it is faster than the original you're right but like they kept that synth line in which rules but again feels so similar to the original that guitar line is great as you said but it's in the original too so it it's just like a good cover right. the original song which is good which is fine for me I, you know i again i i enjoy the song i enjoy this cover it's just like not really in the, like it just makes me want to listen to the car song i guess is what i'm saying but yeah it is fun that it's a faster version of it i appreciate that <laughs> so Ugh, i mean that <laughs> yeah it's pretty great and then it gets all like weird at the end. It does. <laughs> they do that for like a few <laughs> seconds on the original song. And for this, it's like a long stretch. It's like, it's like 20 seconds. Like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. I feel like this happens often where I'm like, I don't know. And then you play a section of the song. And I'm like, I mean, that's a pretty compelling argument. <laughs> that was yeah, pretty it's... great. Yeah. Um. So I got no beef with that. I, I don't know. I, it's, I just, I have this weird relationship to covers which i didn't really like know i ever had until we started doing this podcast i'm like apparently i have all these rules around them and whether i can appreciate them or not yeah but i know i will I say know we, went, we were all we were all over the place on the mxpx covers <laughs> records it's true i yeah i don't know i have complex feelings but i do i mean i'm sure this is a very performed karaoke song but like i was thinking just nuttering it like oh shit should i try this out on karaoke this sounds pretty fun that would be good just rock um, your Rick Ocasek. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, unlike uh, 80s new wave synth songs, um, we got a different kind of, of synthy backed 80s hero coming up. Oh, wait a second. That sounds different. Wait a second. 
my number three all right <laughs> uh i do like that there's a key change you know yes, they, there you, gotta, you gotta do the key change Hell yeah, um, you do. i don't know you know so for those of you listening who haven't listened to our pods or pods forever episode what are you doing <laughs> uh but you know when we saw michael w smith and uh newsboys united uh we did get to see michael w smith perform friends live but I don't know, John, if we've ever talked about the opening line, how uncomfy it is. <laughs> packing, uh... up, packing up the dreams God planted in the fertile soil of you <laughs> kind of makes me uncomfy. I don't, I don't, I don't like anybody talking about my fertile soil. I'm pretty sure. Did he say this at the show, or did we just hear this somewhere that he was like? my wife wrote the lyrics in like 10 minutes and like, I don't really like playing this song anymore, but you like it so much. I'm going to keep playing it. Like he fully admits like this yeah, is it's cheese ball 9,000. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, but this fits, this ticks so many of my boxes here because it's like, who is going to do a punk cover of friends? Like that's not a big group. So I like that they did it. Like it's, it's a completely different interpretation of a song and it, it's a song that's special to Magpod, as you said. So of yes, course you get yes. that. But like, yeah, I just I can't. You can't transform the fundamental cheesiness of the song, but I can't not include a punk rock version of Friends <laughs> in my top three. Like, and they and they do something really unique with it. They make it like a fun punk song, and yeah, again, like transposing that kind of keyboard line to this catchy sort of punk guitar riff. I think it sounds really cool. Like, and he's doing this sort of like croony danzig-esque voice here <laughs> so it almost sounds like this like misfits vibe i don't know i yeah it, the key change it's just like there's so much i can't uh it's not like there are probably actually some songs that are just covers that i like more than this but like as an idea and as a idea of changing a song i i i respect it <laughs> i love it so no it's it's fun i'm yeah. i'm always i'm always here for a 
punk version of a cornball cheesy song like (laughs) yes yep i i got nothing else to say um well john let me uh plant a couple more seeds in your fertile soil (laughs) yes please um we got uh we got some acquiesce stavesacre song oh yeah Ooh. Ooh. What's happening here? Oh shit, <laughs> dude! That's you know I I want to hear I want to hear more about this, and I, I also want to hear more about your relationship to Stavesacre because Stavesacre was a band that I only came to appreciate later in life. I did not appreciate Stavesacre when I was fourteen when this record came out. Yeah, uh, I was not into that sort of alternative rock style or Mark Solomon's voice. Sure, uh, and. It's just sort of one that I was like, it was fine, but I don't know. Maybe I would skip it sometimes. But mm. uh, I, I want to hear, I want to hear about your relationship with Stavesacre and what you like about the song so much. Yeah, I mean, it's different. I feel like it stands out on this record, um, which is kind of how Stavesacre felt within the scene sometimes. Oh my like god, it's, yeah, they are unfortunately their own thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, if we ever get to like a prog rock hard rock season i would love to go through their discography um i don't know i they were never like a top band for me they were one that i always knew a little bit of and i always liked what i heard um probably like the bands that were maybe equivalent to them from the like secular world that i listened to but wasn't like fully obsessed with like tool and stuff like that right um i was always into that it just wasn't my main thing but yeah I agree with you that like as a kid, I, I dipped in and out of them, but as I've been listening on some of their stuff as an adult, I'm like, Oh, I really owe them a much deeper dive. Cause like their yeah. stuff is fascinating and always really cool. Um, I think yeah, he's speak, a really, really interesting. Easy. When I, when I first dove into their album, speak easy, I was like, I've been sleeping on this record for yeah. far too long. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, again, I always like them, but probably not enough. So but what I like so much about this cover is like, I, I do love that song, the original song, but like, I really feel like they took this and they took a great song and, and gave it like a punk beat. And so it like retains the strength of the original song, but they made it their own. I feel like their version is a good song in its own right. and kind of like does a different thing where it has this more yeah. sort of like hardcore sound that the original doesn't have, but it yeah. keeps that 
harshness to it. I um, that that opening that opening riff and then the the sort of clean guitar picking sound. Yeah, it gives me like uh, some like Metallica vibes. Yeah, yeah. The, the like that eighties thrash metal where you're right. like, oh, yeah, this is sure. this is like it's coming off as a little <laughs> chill, but this is about to get hard and heavy. Right, right. And, yeah, System of a Down does that. Yeah, kind yeah, of thing exactly. A lot. System of a Down, another example. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I just I don't know. I I think I think he can pull off a Mark Solomon vocal part, which is like not. It's a very unique thing, and his almost sounds like a Maynard James Keenan at times. That like Tool yeah. kind of sound, that shouty Joel combined with that sound, I just really like a lot. Um, the bridge also rules. Uh, I like that there's, I'm not sure what, uh, what time stamp it is the, but when they do this, like that, that whispery part yeah, over like yeah. the singing, let me see if I can find that. Yes. Yes. This is what I was thinking too. It's about to go off too. Here we go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just way into it. Yeah. I, I, I just, this is my vibe, man. And this interview that uh, has come up several times mm-hmm. that that Joel did um, the, on Urban Achiever podcast, mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was this, the, that interview where he was talking about how they were sharing a stage or a tour with Stavesacre okay. and people were just not <laughs> feeling Stavesacre. Yeah. And so like they would go out of their way. He would like go out of their way to talk about like how great, how they were like the best band on the lineup and like was like really trying to like hype them up and get people to be excited for Stavesacre. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I think that, I don't know, maybe this is also part of that that thing like trying to give Stavesacre a little bit more a little bit more love than than maybe they were getting and that they got short shrift in this scene and from tooth and nail and that they didn't get the 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 fair billings that maybe they should have like right and Stavesacre and Goaty Hook probably not the best bill uh, (laughs) out there but um Yeah. yeah I mean it speaks to the like you know the the smallness of the christian world that they were often on like punk lineups and that is right. not the best fit but there probably weren't a ton of bands i don't know and maybe somebody like jason i'm sure could correct me and tell me i'm wrong about this but like not a ton of bands doing equivalent stuff at the time in that world that's the um, same thing with joy electric that people right, are yeah, like yeah, yeah. where do you put bands like joy electric and stavesager they're just right. there's not a, a label mate that yeah exactly. is doing the same thing my entryway for them was mike wearing the stavesacre shirt in that photo spread yeah in the is that the life in general the life in general yeah. uh, like spread and i was just like ooh, i don't know that band that's, a, that's that looks like a cool shirt i trust mike and i was like <laughs> oh this is different than what I, I i assumed it was like sort of a living sacrifice style right hardcore band from sort of the look of it and stuff but no yeah. it's its own its own thing so anyway yeah, yeah. um speaking of uh old school punk yeah sure sure all right little x (laughs) 
My number two. Oh, Dan. Tell me about it. I think it rules. I mean, this is this is a little bit of a gray area with my like criteria <laughs> because it is kind of a one-to-one cover in terms of being the same tempo and the rawness of the sound. But they add this whole slowed down breakdown middle section that's really great that we were starting to hear some of there. And I don't know, the original also just kicks so much ass that I this is one where I don't really mind that's <laughs> really similar. But I, I appreciate that not only did they do the song that rules and make it rule and and sound raw and aggressive here too, but also that they add this whole section that I think actually, if not improves it, makes it their own and, and makes it really cool. I, I like that that whole part a lot. Um, does it say in the liner notes who the female vocalist is? Yes, uh, okay. her name is April Lassiter. Okay, hmm. um, never heard of her. Not not familiar with her. Uh, but yeah, heard the inclusion of her vocals. They're very striking and they work really well and they work well with Joel. Yes. Uh, and I like her style a lot. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really be an X song if it didn't have sure. female vocals. And like yes. when I was listening through this time, I was like, is it just going to be Joel? Which is fine. But I was like, so pleased when I heard those and I was like, who is this? I couldn't find anything about her. So I don't know if folks out there know more about April Lassiter and if she was part of something I wasn't aware of, let us know. But I think she sounds great. I, I like the harmonies there. I saw them live a few years ago and they're still great. Like she's you saw, still kicking you saw, ass. You saw X? Yeah, I did, dude. It was X and Blondie and Garbage. What a lineup <laughs> what? that is, right? And what a lineup. I went mainly for Blondie. They're one of my all-time favorites and they kind of sucked. It was kind of oh, a bummer. No. Garbage, who were some of my favorites when I was a kid, ruled. Still great. I was like, oh, Garbage is was, awesome. Was, was it like, was it Debbie Harry? Did she suck? Or was she it... didn't sound great. Nobody did, uh... though. So I don't want to pin it all on her. But like, those are yeah. some high vocals and they are getting up there. I mean, they all are, I guess. But X, uh, you know, I was surprised. They still, I mean, they've always been so weird. So they were still doing their own thing, but they still sounded just raw and punk as hell. And I'm like, uh, these guys oh, have yeah. always been their own thing so anyway still still doing great um oh yeah love them i love the song i love this cover so yeah into it i'm into it as well good um so we both uh you have your three i still have one left yeah curious pick it up bro pick it up pick it up train on the waves I mean, 
another competent yeah cover um but i i would put walking on sunshine in the same category as i love rock and roll and that we like 1000% don't need any no. more walking on sunshine covers i kind of never want to hear the song again <laughs> <laughs> i got no real beef with it it's just like suck it katrina <laughs> also if you, if someone had asked you before this week who did walking on sunshine would you have said katrina and the waves probably Really, I, I, this, this, this band completely slipped my brain as being anything I mean, that I ever don't, existed. I don't know any other song by Katrina no, and the Waves. I'm guessing they're a one-hit wonder. Um, but I Let thought it was see. like somebody I knew from some other song like this. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving Katrina and the Waves a fair shake, but it's just. It's I mean, they're such... top. They're top, and their top five songs on Spotify. Three of them are variations of Walking on Sunshine. That sounds right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's such an obvious one. It feels so played out as a cover song. Um, but again, maybe that wasn't so much the case at 1999. Um, you know, like you're saying, that was only like, whatever, 15 years after the song was like uh, hit the first time around, which is uh, depressing again. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just, it's like every movie trailer ever. It's just such like every commercial, just like, I, I'm good. I will say it's a fun version. I appreciate that it's like a ska punk version. I think it works well as a ska cover. It's cool to hear horns in a goatee hook song. You know, it's fun. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it does make sense that this was the single, like, especially in that late nineties window of ska covers of, you know, famous songs and 80s songs and stuff. That makes sense. It's probably in most people's top three or like the casual fan will probably like this a lot. So the fact that it's not in either of ours maybe is an outlier. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's fun. It's just like, I'm, I'm good. Um, we'll say there is a video for this, yeah. which we yeah. mentioned in a previous episode. Uh, we should, we should, we should get into it a little bit. Um, slightly bigger budget than they had for their, uh, their last video, but, still <laughs> the image that we see is of uh, Joel with eyes rolled back in his head full kind of emo swoop, swoop hair and uh, they're watching America's Wackiest Mishaps or whatever <laughs> they're all very bored <laughs> America's wackiest mishaps. <laughs> Various scenes of violence. Spraying lighter fluid on a fire. They're all laughing. It's very oh, yeah. silly. Hell yeah, Joel. Joel looking Give me that emo sexy. Yeah. Yeah, dude. very late 90s early 2000s style yes very silly uh blonde you know pixie cut bobs on girls uh yeah it's probably doing it for 15 year old johnny oh man Um, yeah 
Hey, who's that girl with the short hair? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Uh, Let's go talk to her. It's a, it's a silly, fun video. It's worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's um, silly. There's some silly, silly, silly fun boys having a, mm-hmm. having a, having a goof, having a laugh. There's a a guy in a value pack shirt that gets hit in the head with a two by four. So that's <laughs> worth noting, I guess. <laughs> I um, guess. <laughs> anyway, walking anyway. on sunshine. Hey, uh, here's a band that's not like them. What you doing? Wanna play? You say what's that sound coming out of the hole in the world? You say what's that sound coming out of the hole in the world? You say what's that sound coming out of Cobain's wood? This is a slow build song because then Joel gets a whole lot yellier. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And like, but like I said, it's, you would, you would think punk rock girl right. would be, you know, that, I mean, MXPX would eventually cover that. Yeah. Um, but what do you, what do you think uh, the, the dead milkmen uh, I mean, obviously, you, they, they can't cover like "Bitch and Camaro," <laughs> right, uh, or anything like that. But what do you what do you yeah. think about? Um... I mean, we touched on them a little bit with the on the covers too. I, I, I'm a big Milkman fun. Uh, Milkman fun. I'm a big. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a big Milkman fun fun. Uh, um, <laughs> um, I'm a big Milkman fan. I again another band that like I never did a comprehensive dive into their stuff, which I probably owe, but I always enjoyed what I knew of them, uh, including the song. I think this is a super cool song. Yes. Um, and as we were kind of talking about earlier, I think it sort of makes sense that this would be the one that would appeal to Goaty Hook in terms of it sounding a little bit like Monsters or Just Fools. You know, it's got that sure. like yeah. slower, it's very weird slow, yeah. vibe and it kind of picks up a lot. So it's 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 pretty similar to the original, but I like it a lot. I think it, it goes a little harder and a little bigger. You know, the original, as you're saying, is more sort of stays in the sort of acoustic realm. And we get some Yelly Joel here, which I think sounds great. Um, yeah, you know, we'll get to the Femmes next, as we mentioned. And I, I sort of see those two as being similar. The, the, the Violent Femmes are not punk, but they're Milkman Jace, I would say. And I think these songs back to back both both kind of make sense for seeing uh, why those would be the the bands and, and the songs in particular that they would choose. Sounds cool. Yeah, it's pretty great. Into it. I like it. <laughs> 
it's uh yeah it's it's again not one that like changes a ton but i really like that it's here and i think it's a, a cool song and a cool cover of it so yep um little hey nani nani mm. by violent femmes rules <laughs> yeah i'm this was not one of the violent femmes songs that yeah. i was familiar with this is old school femmes. this is it's old school that's old school <laughs> <laughs> this was this is off their uh 1991 album why do birds sing mm-hmm. uh not familiar with that album. it's a great record i mean i I was a really big Femmes fan growing up. They were one of my faves. And again, they were never punk, but like there was like a, a passion to them that lent themselves well to punks being into them and sort of punk covers and stuff. Yeah. I think it's a great song. I, I'm really into this too. I think they they definitely punk it up and, and make it faster and dirtier. Um, there's like a ripping guitar solo at the end, even that's not in the original. Um, so I, yeah, I'm really into it. I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's a cool song again by a band that like you might be like, oh, that's the song that they chose. Um, yeah. But as you're getting into it, you're like, again, this this makes sense alongside Monsters to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like sure. that sort of acoustic build up, um, kind of weird, folky vibe that kind of builds and explodes. I don't know that that makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I feel like I owe uh, the Violent Femmes and Dead Milkmen some more some more listens. For sure. I don't I don't know. The, the I was just looking up Violent Femmes. They have a larger discography than I was. Yeah, they have a lot of albums. Aware of. They're about to do some weird tour uh, with like a straight ahead punk band. Does this sound familiar to you? Nope. Yeah, uh, an album oh, that came out in 2019. It's Flogging Molly and Violent Femmes oh, co-headlining, weird. which two bands I loved. Not not two bands I would put together. No. And, and, and me first in the Gimme Gimme's opening for the two of them. That quite is, a lineup. That is a lineup um, of uh, that's like a. It couldn't be three more different bands. Right, but it, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, it's interesting that you know those are two like punk bands and and violet thumbs too so i they are super fun live i would recommend seeing them at some point i mean i haven't seen them in you know whatever around the time that this covers album came out but i can't imagine that they still wouldn't be a good time live so yep all right no number one from andrew yet i have an idea of what it is but it's not this one
Willie's another artist that I've I've tried to give more credence to, more credit and more yeah. Because again, the a lot of the songs on this record I listened to because it was Goaty Hook, not because I was listening to New Order or the Dead Milkmen or sure. uh, the Violent Femmes or, or or Willie Nelson. Like those were not artists that I was listening to, and. Yeah. I some of some of these artists have, it's taken me uh, a number of years for me to actually start appreciating them. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Willie's always been somebody that I've appreciated but never really gotten into very much. It's not like completely my obvious lane, but he's like so close with and has collaborated with so many people that are really close to me that I was like, oh, I, right. you know, there's 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 a lot here musically that I haven't necessarily always appreciated. And I agree, I should probably do a deeper dive. Having said that, I think this is kind of an obvious boring <laughs> choice for a cover. Uh, again, I feel like everybody's done this cover and I, I can appreciate doing a more punk version of a classic song. I just feel like I've kind of heard it enough for one lifetime. I don't know. Yeah. I think Willie did a cover um, of Banana Man. No, he did uh, <laughs> Karen O and Willie Nelson did a, a cover of Under Pressure. Oh, that's cool. Did you ever did you ever hear that last so. year? Uh-uh. Yeah, Karen O of um the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Yeah. And Willie Nelson together covering Under Pressure. So Love it. I remember hearing that last year and I was like, wow. <laughs> but a combination of voices covering yes a, like a, so yeah if you guys haven't heard uh haven't heard that song you should you should check it out that's one of the last things i remember hearing uh in recent years of from willie that you know and i'm like cool yeah. that he's still collaborating with yeah, yeah, some interesting sure. interesting folks no he's a i mean and guess he, where i heard that song bro 89.3 the current 89.3 the current <laughs> best radio Shout station out. ever to Twin Cities radio stations. Yeah, um, yeah Willie's always been a, a, a good dude and a, a cool artist. So, yeah. And John that. has always been a Willie fan. <laughs> yep. Um, um, I've been a fan mostly of my own. We are moving on to Pixies, bro. One of my favorite songs of all time. Uh. Where's the bass, though? Oh, there it is. This is my number one. Okay. 
How can it not be? I don't care if it's almost a one to one. This song, Where's My Mind, is an amazing song. I don't give a shit who covers it. It's so <laughs> good. And they got this like fuzzy guitar thing going on. Yeah. That is super cool. And Joel's voice is just primed for this song. Yeah. It's. Uh... I don't know how to really rank this song because Pixie's another one of my favorite bands of all time. Whereas my mind legit in my like top five favorite songs of all time has been my number one at, at various points. It's just a perfect song. Um, so I love this song and I love this band. I like that they covered it. I just, it's, it's so similar. <laughs> that i'm just like i just want to hear the pixies version and you're like oh and it rules because it's <laughs> it's such a good song it does rule and so i guess and I, they're crushing it they are crushing it so i'm like yeah it's a good cover of a, of a great song so i guess it's my number one <laughs> or because it's one of my favorite songs and it's so similar it's just not on my list at all i kind of vacillate between those two and like, i went the with way, the latter but you know the way i approached this list and I think we, in the ways that we've approached any number of things, like whether it's doing our band set lists that we do after we cover a band yeah. or like ranking songs or whatever, this, you know, songs that we would like to hear at played live or songs that are likely to be played live. For me, it's, I'm covering, I'm looking at these covers as if I'm going to, throw on some songs to listen to because it's a covers album i'm probably going to listen to the songs that are get me going to get me the most pumped and not sure. necessarily the songs that are like i'm looking at in an artistic uh critique of like oh well how are they approaching a reinventing of where is my mind Right, like, right. I'm like, oh no, they covered this song and it rules and they nailed it and it sounds great. And I want to listen to it because it just sounds awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I probably would have a different top three in that case, or at least some of them. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's another one where I'm like, I don't know what my complaint is exactly because it's a perfect song and they pull it off very well. But like, and I honestly don't really know what they would do to make it different. You know what I mean? Like if it, if they sped it up, it would lose some of its power. And it's right. like such a particular kind of song. Maybe if they slowed it way down, that would work. But like, that's not Goaty Hook. So I don't know. It, you know, it, it's, it's just another one that feels so similar to the original to me that I'd rather just listen to that. But I understand the case for having it. Yeah, there's some this, extra distortion going on. And it also came out at a time, uh, I think this came out. It's like when Fight Club came out. Right before Fight Club came yeah, out. Yeah, right, right around the same time. Because I yeah. think Fight Club came out in 99. Yep. And so I think I was just like super primed for this song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then like I heard this song and then I saw Fight Club and Fight Club blew my mind. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this song rules. I want to hear this song all the time. But yeah. I like didn't like know how to like listen to music in 1999 <laughs> right i think we talked about this exact thing on the pod that i 
I knew Pixies, but I hadn't, I don't think I knew that that was them or I didn't know that song. And I loved, I mean, I, yeah, as we've talked about when Fight Club came out, we were just like right primed for everything about it, including that ending with the Pixie song. And I was just like, yeah. oh my God, like I am haunted by this Kim Deal vocal part. I need to know what this is immediately. And like, I went out and bought the album and it was the Dust Brothers score. Right. And it didn't have the Pixie song. And I was like, kept looking for the Pixie song. Cause I was like, I don't know, is this the score? Like, I didn't know what it was. And that turned out to be a great album as we talked about too. I enjoyed having yes. that. But once I figured out that it was Pixies and it was on Doolittle, boy, I got that album to listen to it <laughs> nonstop. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't disagree with you. Um, I knew this cover, not because of this album, but because it was on the 1999 anti-racist action benefit comp. Um, which I got at some so some show, perhaps when I saw Goody Hook. Um, but this song was on that, and that's how I first learned that they covered it. And it was like right around the time that I was obsessed with the song. So uh shout out to that compilation. Yes. Um, should we uh burn through these next couple? Yeah, hunka hunka couple. Another song that Joel has, yes, great. Because I, I, I think I even did. I, I'm not. Did I mention this on Money that he's he? Yes, like he has that like Elvis. Yes, quality to his yeah. voice. The Elvis that, mode is, yeah, is something he's gone into sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Um, it yeah, it makes sense that they're covering Elvis. Joel clearly has a soft spot for that vibe. It's it's not really my lane. No, uh, I am doesn't not do a ton for me. I'm not an Elvis fan, even a little. Yeah, there's some stuff I can appreciate, but it's not really my not really my vibe. So yeah, I was getting a, I was getting a little shimmy going listening to yeah. the song, you know. But I'm not. I'm definitely not an Elvis fan. You know, the closest I get will be listening to something like uh you know it's like psychobilly stuff you know sure I don't, I don't really listen to that genre of yeah of music other than like the uh fuck who am i who am, like uh tiger army that's who i'm yeah yeah that, that yeah style. i mean i i do think there was like a a really cool production sound to some of that Elvis stuff, particularly from um, the 60s, like, you know, the Suspicious Minds and Can't Help Falling in Love era, where, like, there is some interesting stuff going on. It's just not, it's never really been my deal. Um, not, not, not the highlight of the record for me, but, you know, it's fine. No, no. This, uh, the end, these last, this sort of, like, you hit the high with the Pixies, and you just mm. can't, you can't go any higher 
I don't know. I like this next song quite a bit. Oh, fascinating. I'm surprised you're not more into that. I think it rules. I mean, it's I'm I'm so I'm not very familiar with the Vindictives. They're screeching uh, wheeze, baby. Yeah, they I mean so Ben Weasel was, I guess, was a he was the uh, guitar player and was like right? it looks looks like he was a guitar player for two years. Okay, uh, ninety to ninety two. Sure. Um, and then Joey Vindictive uh 90 to 96 and i guess they broke up and then they got back together in 99 till present but it looks like joey vindictive is the uh just pretty much the the main dude now yeah. i mean i think of the two of them as being sort of interlinked in terms of that sort of that chicago yeah, yeah 80s to 90s more raw pop punk sound but i think they're their own thing and i really like the vibe of them that they're sort of rougher and more raw and i like joel's vocals there approximating that kind of sound i don't know i think it's really cool i'm i'm into it another band that i probably owe a deeper dive shout out chicago punk um i don't know it's a very straightforward cover it's a little faster than the original it's not quite as raw sounding um you know i think it's great but again i would i would probably just rather listen to the original <laughs> it's good it's good as a faithful cover. And I will say, I feel like it's a fun note to close on. Like it's very like high energy. Um, and I just, yeah, I appreciate the breadth of this collection. They, they go old school, raw punk. They go yeah. CCM, they go more obscure Christian bands that they, they go, you know, they're all over the go new, wave. <laughs> new wave. Yeah. I mean, it speaks to their, musical versatility and influence and like we said when we listened to the like no date ep we were like oh these guys may have like a much bigger yeah uh influential uh pool than we are even aware yeah. of yeah so. they're, they're definitely pulling from the 80s in some in some manner yeah um but john we're not done yet <laughs> <laughs> oh lord <laughs> It is this for a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, bunch of laughter for a minute and a half. Uh, so it's described somewhere on Discogs somewhere as track fifteen is various snippets of laughing. <laughs> so you know you got to have a secret track of of some goof arounds. Yeah, just dudes just goofing, having a having the whole laugh, having a laugh. Um, that was songs we didn't write. I yes, it was had fun going through it i gotta say i was a little nervous and 
when we started, like when I started listening to it to prepare for it, I was like, I don't know, is this working for me? But the collection as a whole, really interesting um, and, and some really fun stuff there. And I feel like, again, if my, if your like takeaway from a collection of covers is going to check out these other bands and doing deeper dives, like that's pretty cool. They're doing a service to those yes. artists that influence them and they have a broad range of really cool uh, bands and artists that, that did influence them. So, And it's not their fault that Joan Jett and Katrina and the Waves yeah. <laughs> just like got covered a billion it's true. times. It's true. It probably know. felt fresher in 1999. I have no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but even I knew that they were doing Walking on Sunshine and following up Banana Man, which I love dearly. I was like, Ugh, not my not my fave <laughs> move for them. Um, having said that, would be fascinated to know what people think. I think this is a favorite for some folks. Uh, so let us know what you think about this collection at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or a review. And I have a review to read, Ooh. Andrew. Um, I did read this on our uh, on our live in person spectacular, but uh, you know, folks can find that one separately. So I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give the review and, and the Patreon folks a special shout out on this sure. episode proper. Uh, this is by I am not creepy. And the review subject, this is not a review. I am not reading the text of this review right now. It is me, one of the hosts of Magnified Pod, talking to you, the listeners, on one of the episodes of our podcast. I would like to apologize for all the bad things I said about Five Iron Frenzy's album, All the Hype. I do, in fact, love this album dearly, as does my esteemed co-host. I am sorry for besmirching the unimpeachable name of Five Iron Frenzy, and I will endeavor to do better next time. Toodaloo, Magpod for Life, our newest podcast forever. Uh, I believe that is our new buddy, Robert Snyder, based on yeah. how he signed off in his, <laughs> yeah. in his voice memo to us. So, uh, yeah, let's, I'd also just like to say for the record again, <laughs> that we are not out of step with people in the band. No, when it we're comes bigger to- fans of it than some of the folks <laughs> in the band. Yeah. Sticking by that. It's, it's not like it's not like we're saying, oh, this this album sucks and everybody else like we're not trying to be this isn't a controversy. They're like, yeah, this is not this is not the best album we've done. So right. it's true, folks. Check the tapes. Uh, <laughs> email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727 Magpod. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnified pod. And we got some new Patreon punks to welcome this week. We got to say thank you and welcome to Jeff. Uh, Thank you and welcome to Tyler. (laughs) There we go. And thank you to the aforementioned Robert Snyder. And I'll even... uh, I'll even throw in one of these for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wilhelm screams for all. Well, Wilhelm scream. Let's see. What about this? Uh... <laughs> there you go. Pricker, <laughs> pricker. Um, yes. Thanks to all of you. We're uh, we're working on some some stuff to get up on the Patreon. We got plenty of stuff there. If you have not given us a. a dive into that content i don't know what i'm saying anywhere check out the patreon um you can also pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com thanks to shadow producer jason at unoriginal vinyl and thanks to heavy ordnance studios for our artwork well our time in the penalty box is over for this week 
We'll be back out on the ice next week when we discuss Gertie Hook's Two Years to Never. Ooh. good song good song it's pretty good (laughs) i've got a whole bunch i got a whole bunch of sound effects on my phone that i've never used let's hear some um so i feel like we need to we need to start incorporating some of these we got a let's see what do we got um got a fire truck sure you got a chainsaw for when you're like cutting through the bullshit or something. Well, that's a good one. I got a bwomp here. Got a big In a shit. world when Andrew and John run out of ideas. That kind of thing. I got a bull whip. <laughs> that's good. Because he's a cowboy. Cowboy. Ba, 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 ba. What a great song. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.